Welcome to the Feminine Mastery Podcast, where we dive into mastering the feminine inside of your life purpose. And I'm your host, Felicia May. I'm an FAF certified women's holistic coach, an intuitive healer, a crystal junkie, a wife and mama of two littles. I love everything homemade from baking in the kitchen to making homemade kombucha. And to top it off, I'm a manifester, so I love teaching. So I'm here to teach you all the things that inspire me and, of course, what fascinate me the most, covering topics such as energetics, periods, motherhood, nutrition, relationships, and everything in between. So grab your favorite drink, turn it up, and let's jump right into it. You guys, I am so excited for this podcast today. This one has been in the works for a while. I got to interview my really good friend, Kim, and I'm so excited for the whole conversation that we got to have. Just getting to hear Kim's story of where her healing journey truly began to where she is now. We talk about plant medicine, um, also with kids and everything in between in this whole conversation. It is just absolutely amazing. And also too, we kind of go into the energetics of the world right now. So I truly hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive in. Uh, well, like I said, I am so excited that we get to catch up today on the podcast. Um, just because, yeah, we have gone back so far. Um, so I will let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, so we can get started instead of me just rambling on about you. Uh, I'll let you do the intro voice so much. It's it's been so long. (laughs) Excited. We get a chat. Um, I'm Kimber Phillips. Um, and I, live in Virgin, Utah, out by Zion National Park. And um, I wear many hats, I think. Um, <laughs> you do, so I, you do. I do. Um, I, am, I, I practice shamanic energy medicine. I have a practice called Gaia's Embrace in Hurricane. And that's my, that's my main flow in the community, you know, being able to work with the community right now. Um, but I also am a certified coach for the third wave, um, and a psychedelic coach. So working with plant medicine and microdosing, um, and really just the education, um, and purpose around ceremony and, and using them appropriately. Um, I'm also, uh, a coordinator for the state of Utah for a global spiritual organization called Connecting Consciousness. So oh, that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You do wear many hats. And then, of course, you're a wife and then you're a mom. I'm a mother of three adult children and um, I keep bees. I guess I'm a house builder since we built yes, our you own just- home. Uh, what else? Oh, man, don't get I am- I almost feel like it's like, welcome to being a woman. Yeah. <laughs> a taxi driver and teacher at one time in my life. <laughs> And that's what's so crazy too. Like I like how we were talking about earlier, how we've known each other for so long is like when I see how grown up your kids are, I'm like, holy shit. Like that <laughs> makes me feel so old. Cause I'm like, I'm really not that old, but then I see how big the kids have gotten. And I'm like, oh my gosh, has it really been that long? Like, <laughs> and you know, what's even weirder is when I hang out with my kids now, there has so many times that we'll be sitting there and we're all hanging out and everybody's laughing and chatting and talking. And I'll look at those kids and I'll think, oh, whoa, wait. They're, I, they came out of me. 
when did that happen? Like, literally, it seems like that there is a blank space in my brain. And now suddenly they're my friends. And then to recognize, well, wait, they're my children too. When did that happen? <laughs> I want to move forward very quickly. and doesn't right? back, So it's like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> okay. Well, let's just talk about how time is moving so quickly right now. Cause Luke and I were even talking about that. I'm like, does it, is it just me? Or have you noticed that like this, the time is speeding up? Like, mm. Yep. And time is disappearing as well, too, because yeah. when I, you know, everything seems to be going in such a balanced flow, like a rhythm right now in my life. And like I said, there I, there are so many roles and things that I that I do. That was just a tiny little portion of what I'm doing right now in, mm-hmm. the, in, in my life. And when I sit back, you know, and I'm taking a break really today and hanging out with you and, um, you know, notice this morning when my husband woke me up I had 10 hours of sleep and I think how how that sounds amazing oh yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I'm recognizing I'm actually very unconscious lately when I'm sleeping like and I'll and I'll get nine to ten hours of sleep and this has been pretty new this year like that deep and long period of sleep and then it's like a, a a rattle in my brain of wait how how is this happening where How is yeah, that like restorative sleep? Yeah. But to recognize that I'm still able to stay on top of my schedule and have plenty of time to rest. And really it's, I think it's been that work in progress to, to have a balance, you know, in right. so many aspects of my life. Yes. And yeah. Cause there's no like, definitive balance. It really is just more of being in the flow of like yeah. how you said it just fits in your day. Yeah. Cause I yeah. think so many times we think it has to be like this, like yep. <laughs> A, B, C, D. Yeah. Yeah. And and when you find that flow, you recognize that actually it isn't linear time. It's all encompassing and all Mm -hmm. happening at the same time. And I I lose days, you know, quite a bit and forget what days it all day days it is. And I mean, granted, I don't have kids, you know, little kids now that keep you on that timeline because of school or meals, you know. (laughs) That structured part of it. (laughs) That's so true. Well, and it's crazy too, like I said, thinking about how long we've actually known each other because as it being so like, yes, you got to be my lash client all those years ago. And, and that's why I said, I just remember you pulling up in your little pink car, a Barbie car. Cause it was a Mustang and it was a, a topless Mustang. So I was just like, Oh my gosh, Kim drives a Barbie car. Like, yeah. and yeah, you had your short spiky hair. I think it, that's when it was buzzed on the sides. You were doing CrossFit. Like you were, you were my hardcore Kim, like, but like we said, you know, when you're in so far in the masculine to survive, like you were at a very, a a turning point in your life, you know, right when you came to see me is right when shit was hitting the fan. (laughs) Yeah. You watched you, you're, there's not very many people that have seen both sides. Like, you know, like you, you've, Mm -hmm. you're here and you've experienced both, you know, and we've stayed connected all these years and, and you're right. That was that was right at the cusp of this major transition and opening up for me. And it's it's black and white, honestly. Uh, you know, my life now compared to where I was then, and mm-hmm. you know, the hats I wore then was, I mean, very much a, a mom and um, very very busy full time worker and you know, painted cars, ran an auto body shop with my with my former spouse and totally different. 
now, you know, I was hard. I was, I was hard though, emotionally too, you know, Mm -hmm. having children that never watched their mom break. You know, I had that belief that I had to be solid, had to be strong. And it wasn't even until that transition. I remember my, my middle daughter was 14 at the time and, and I was just crying in the kitchen. And I remember the fascination on her face where she kind of just sat up on the kitchen counter and stared at me and just said, mom, are you okay? And I recognized in that moment that this is the first time that my child is actually, my children are watching me start to crumble and break. Mm -hmm. And then that has been, you know, a a process ever since. Now I just cry, you know, as we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just feel it now. (laughs) Now it's now that my kids know who I am. Mm-hmm. Where they 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 didn't really know their mother growing up because I I was putting myself into this story and into this belief that this is how I need to be this is who I need to be this is what I need to represent and and so the kids didn't really get to know their their mom's heart or, mm-hmm. or the kind of woman that she is until yeah living fully now. Right. No joke. Well, and that's what I think is so beautiful about your story, just because, I mean, if you want to share a little bit about, yeah, where you were and then that transformation that happened over these years to where you are now, because that's the beautiful part. Yes, I've got to see it. (laughs) Um, But I think that would be such a beautiful thing to hear, you know, what did happen for you? What was the thing for you that shifted of like, okay, things have got to change. Cause I know you were in a, a difficult spot, like you said, with how you were brought up to be like, you figure it the fuck out. Like you just, you know, nose down, butt up, <laughs> don't let anybody know. Like you got it, you got things handled. It's fine. You know, but I know that was a big part of what really shifted for you, even just in your energy and seeing how, that transformation happened, but I would love to hear your story of it. Cause I think it's beautiful. Um, you know, to really understand the whole scope of where I was and, and where that break began was, um, losing my mom when I was four years old. Um, my mom died when I was four and, you know, back then, uh, in the seventies, early seventies specifically, you, you didn't really talk about, um, trauma. Like we were very accustomed, you know, our parents and our grandparents were very accustomed to um, getting up and moving forward, mm-hmm. moving forward with life. And, and that's just what it was during that time. And um, so at four, you know, losing my mom uh, pretty quite quickly, and then, you know, transitioning into um, gaining a stepmother during that time as well, that, and not really nobody knowing how to handle the situation ultimately, how to move forward with that. So, you know, that was, that's how my life began, you know, very a blended family moving forward. And um, so there definitely was some deep wounds, um, some imprints right away of abandonment. You know, oh, yeah. To give it a word. Um, Cause I didn't really believe that my mom was dead uh, thinking back and recognizing how I felt when I was a child. And so I remember always looking at women in the stores, wondering if that's my mother, if that's, oh. and you remember that book, like, are you my mother? Are you my mother? <laughs> yep. Oh, I connected so deeply with that, you know, and I don't know if it was, I don't, I didn't really, really think that she didn't die, but I just, I didn't have any memories. It was like such a block. And so I just all of a sudden didn't have a mother and wondered where she was at, if she was ever going to come back. And, and so that's so young. Yeah. That's just what it was during that time. And, 
Um, and then uh, lost my brother. He was 16 and when I was 18 and he died very oh. tragically. And, and so then again, that um, sustained my belief in loss and abandonment. Yeah. And, um, but during, but up to that point, by then I was pretty well, um, you know, life trained as in getting up and moving forward and really not feeling, um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to connect with, with that wound, even of that loss, because I couldn't even connect with the original imprint, you know, abandonment. And so, you know, it just was like, okay, get up and move forward, get up and move forward. And within that year is when I met my now former spouse. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, and that was a wild ride. You know, he, he was, um, wild. Let's just say that <laughs> on a ride of my life. And I mean, it was, it was an incredible experience, honestly, you know, young love, but very, um, it gave me something to focus on and, and grasp to ultimately, um, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as just, okay, I had something else to focus on. And, and he had a lot of struggles in his life. You know, we had a lot of, um, imprints that were very similar, including him losing, um, his father when he was two Mm. and, you know, growing up in the way that he did, we, we resonated the same. So it made, it was like a trauma bond. Oh yeah, easily because mm-hmm. we both just uh, it, like like attracts like, and mm-hmm. and and our story continued, you know, based on what we've already believed um, since we've been born in this world, and and so that I was married for twenty years, and it was um, uh, there was a lot of abuse during that during that marriage during that time. Um, on both ends, because I have, I have to take responsibility as well. I was so disconnected from self. I didn't even know how to connect mm-hmm. deeply. Um, besides that trauma. Yeah. And, and so it was, you know, a tough 20 years, but I didn't know it when I was in it. Yeah. It just was my life. It was what I kind of, I was kind of used to, you know, already. And, um, he struggled with uh, depression and bipolar mania mm. and was in and out of jail um, oh, easily a hundred or more times, like easily. Wow. And, and so it, that was kind of the pattern and rhythm during that time. And, it, you know, if you look at the, the frequency, let's say, in that marriage, mm-hmm. it still supported that belief of abandonment during oh, that time. 100%. Because we, we continually, you know, had that between each other, you know, he'd go to jail and uh, abandonment again. And not that I even was aware of that, but it it just, not consciously. Yeah. It just was all, that's what it was. And, you know, I agreed. I agreed that that is what my, my belief in this life was because I hadn't been able to have the tools yet to focus on how to move past that or how to change that belief Mm -hmm. that that was there in me. And so it really, yeah, you know, family was everything. I mean, you know, just growing up and, um, recognizing that that's family is forever. And, you know, that's, that's all we have. And, and I couldn't look outside of that because I was desperate for family. I was desperate for security and stability, let's say. And so I, I created that in my home, very structured, very strict, very, 
everything was just like, you know, I had it all under control, had, had the world under control, you know, is what I, you know, what I would tell myself really is what my story was. And, and that's what helped me to stay safe. And so I would try to, you know, keep everything safe at home if he crumbled and had to help him back up again. And so continued that belief that I can handle anything mm-hmm. and, but avoiding that I was um, disappearing ultimately mm. you know, over the, that long period of time and um, have beautiful, three beautiful kids out of it that are absolutely incredible because they, they've seen a lot. They've, you know, they've worked through a lot and, and it's been a lot of work for them as well. But when I, when I started, I think when my spirit started calling me into a different direction is um, when I was inspired by my younger sister to uh, run a marathon mm-hmm. and I'd never like never considered before, but she agreed like, you know, I'll run with you. I'll train you. And I had never ran a mile before. <laughs> so that process began. And that was in 2005, I believe is when my first marathon was. And, and that became vital for me. I started recognizing, Whoa, I need this. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it was giving me mental training. I was, you know, really, uh, creating go- those goals, achieving, creating more goals, achieving, like that gave me direction and focus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess you could say in some aspect, like that became an addiction for me, like codependency, of course, you know, as you're in a marriage that is, um, you know, with addiction and um, abuse, there's a codependency uh, dynamic there as well, mm-hmm. too, addiction. So I had to recognize that um, as my former was going through his treatment and everything. So I had to recognize, okay, I have this in me too. And actually I'm pretty addicted to working out during this time, <laughs> but I accepted that because it was mine. It was something that gave me focus, gave me strength, helped me to continue forward while whatever I was going through, you know, was, was occurring. Mm -hmm. So I ended up running seven marathons. Wow. And, um, you know, was always trying to push harder and harder and then was focusing on Ironman and started training for Ironman and, you know, smaller triathlons and that was taking me away from my family way too much. And, um, you know, gosh, I don't know how much detail to get into, but <laughs> I had always been a stay-at-home mother. Yeah. And and I um I'd never worked and you know, just with that relationship, there was just that dynamic to kind of break through being able to work. And finally, as far as the drug addiction, I gave him a timeline and said, if you can't be clean by this time, I'm getting a job. And that mm-hmm. timeline came, of course, and I had to get a job. So now I'm running marathons, I'm training for Ironman, and I'm working a full-time job and trying to take care of my kids. So here's a whole bunch of things I decided I'm going to start a job. <laughs> anyway, you know, you're going to crash eventually. Yeah. But, um, uh, th- Ironman was, you know, taking up too much time. And then I found CrossFit and then boom. <laughs> Boom. That I am so grateful. I am I'm incredibly grateful for my gym. They became my family during that time. And but I was working out two days a week. I mean two days, two times a day. Yeah, two times a day. A single day. Every single day, you know, and beginning to compete and really getting stronger and stronger. And and by that time, now I am recognizing I'm done. Um when when my former's addiction switched to heroin. That's when it was kind of a, I I remember just kind of 
oh, because that was kind of agreement that I made with myself several years ago that, whoa, if I ever, if we ever had to deal with heroin, no way. I, I, yeah. I, that was, that was, I guess, where my bottom line was. And so when that came and that bottom line showed up, it was like, oh, now what? Mm. I've got to do this because I had made that agreement and commitment deep, deep within. So, you know, a lot of work um, and a lot of really falling apart to a million pieces to to move through, you know, a 20 year marriage that, um, you know, since I had been 19 years old. So, yeah. you know, uh, here I am 39, haven't dated, you know, since I'm 19 years old. And then, and my kids are just falling apart as well, too. You know, they were, yeah, they were still little. Yeah. Um, Trey was, let's see, I, I let, they were 11, 14 and 18. And so it was, it was very difficult on them because that was the only lifestyle they knew, you know, what, what's wrong with it. This is what mm-hmm. life was. And, um, but I knew that that wasn't where I needed to be because I didn't know who I was anymore. And, um, because I had been reaching outside of myself for far too long, trying to help and fix someone else when really it was me that, that needed some addressing. And, um, and I, I couldn't do that in that dynamic. And I had to, I had to get out. Um, so I, as I got out and started recognizing the kind of men that were coming around again, a lot resonated a lot to the, that same frequency, that same feeling of what I had been used to. And I knew immediately, I cannot repeat this story ever again. I cannot, <laughs> there's something wrong with me. And why is this coming? But, but if, you know, it wasn't something wrong, but it was showing me information that I had carried within. And so I put myself into therapy really quick, um, energy work as well, and mm-hmm. really started doing that deep work, um, knowing that I, the death of my mom was just, was a story for so long. I couldn't emotionally connect with it and do any healing. It just was words that mm-hmm. I'm repeating from what I've heard for so long. And um, you know, through prayer is honestly, when I started um, experiencing information around plant medicine, specifically ayahuasca, Mm -hmm. and I fought a war on drugs for 20 years of my life, you know, for my family, um, right, out of my home. So that that was extremely difficult to even consider even look at (laughs) that's, that's drugs. No, 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 wait, what? No, 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 no. And it would keep coming up and keep coming up. And so um, I, I started growing the plants, you know, just to develop a relationship with them and then just started studying and researching. And I did that for a year. Um, in that meantime, while I was in my process of healing is when I met my now gorgeous, beautiful walking ball of love, Nick, (laughs) that is now my partner for life. And my, my, oh, I'm so grateful for him because he's honored every bit of my work. Um, and allowed me to be a complete individual as I go through this experience and, and these, this healing and my children, you know, it's like we were all banging our heads against walls and kind of like crazy people going out in the world, you know, after being in a really volatile environment and going out into the world, like, where is that that I know? It's got to be around here somewhere. <laughs> and and he really just held that space of love and Nick is such an anchor too. Like that's one thing I've noticed with you guys. Even when we first, like when you first started dating him, I was like, Nick was just like, he literally was that anchor. So chill, just so calm. You could see that that was like the grounding force for you to be like, okay, now I can step into this. 
now I can look at myself and, and he just held that space really for us and, and my kids to do that. But, um, really, so when I decided to step in and, and explore plant medicine, finally, I mean, I was terrified, honestly, that I remember being terrified that I would remember my mom and be re-traumatized re ultimately. And, um, and that was very scary to me. Mm -hmm. but I knew I felt, I felt that call and I felt that pull and my, my soul was absolutely telling me it's time, it's time. And so my first experience in that plant medicine, really, I, I don't have any memories from it. And all I know is I just screamed and wailed the whole night mm. and like literally was on, I, it was almost like I was unconscious. And in, by the morning, I mean, I didn't even know what happened, but my whole face was swollen. You know, I had no voice and and it, I recognized over the couple of weeks afterwards that I started feeling really down and a little bit depressed. And I had never experienced depression before. And I realized instantly I'm grieving. Mm. I actually am grieving. It finally and came up. To break through something. And, you know, emotion is so important for that, you know, even that wailing to break through that barrier with sound, let's say, you know, to bust through that wall, to allow that to come forward that needs to heal. And so, um, through my, uh, the work that I had been doing prior, I, I knew I needed to be present with this and I knew I needed to allow myself to go through grief, um, grieving for that, that, four-year-old, you know, three, four-year-old that lost her mother at a young age mm -hmm. and also feeling that young child within and allowing her to go through that process of grief. Um, and so, you know, I, it took as long as it needed to take, but that did op start opening and bubbling things to the surface pretty quickly. And um, things happen so quickly beyond that, because I mean, when we built our home, Nick and I, you know, our life just really foom, 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 started lining up very rapidly. Like we had such a flow together and um, an independent flow. You know, he, he was very determined to do his own work while I was committed to doing my own work as well. And then together we just navigated this experience, to be, you know, with one another. But when we started building our house, that's when... I think I fully broke open mm -hmm. um, a lot of the creativity that I had stuffed so deep within it was buried, like exploded and vomited all over <laughs> this property. You in finally a, let the feminine out <laughs> in a beautiful way, in an incredible way, because I was an artist growing up my entire life. And um, that was my way of expression. That was my way of connection with my emotions was just drawing and poetry. And when my brother died, that it was, it just completely shut down. And I, I didn't even touch that again. And even raising my children, you know, they, they didn't get to see that part of self that was so important mm. to me. And, and so this house became that it became, um, all of that, um, that, uh, let's call it abandonment or loss, darkness, whatever that is literally came out into the open mm. and became all the colors that my house is now and the flow and the, the not straight shapes and the, 
all of it, the, the mess of it, all of it became a real true expression of what my, um, my healing journey has looked like, you know, and, and Nick, you know, he has his own story of, of what this has offered him as well in this creation, but that then opened more doors. I mean, kind of like once that those paths open and you step into them and, and you break down and you grow and you break down and you grow and the more doors open and more doors open. And it really becomes our responsibility to start seeing those doors, start mm-hmm. seeing them and be willing to walk through them. But I really have to say where I'm at now in the space that I'm holding, um, uh, I think in the community and in my own personal life came from such a weird, weird connection. So, um, I kept reading, you know, and studying, doing my research, um, had gone to a Vipassana meditation, which was, I think one of the best experiences, one of, you know, let's say a a peak experience for me, as far as really opening me up that much deeper to where I recognized that I could sense energy tangibly, Mm -hmm. like it was very real, the edges of the field, um, from that meditation process. Mm -hmm. Um, for 10 days. So all of that continued to open me, all the practices and focus. So um, the shamanic healing, the shamanic energy work kept coming to me over and over again, specifically the light body school. Mm-hmm. And I researched that previously and, you know, leaving away on a residential program or the cost of the program was no, 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 no. I can't do that. No, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. I can't do that. But it kept showing up and I recognized this is, there's too much synchronicity in this. And I finally did a meditation one night with the moon and, you know, saw it all. Well, I had to talk with Nick and he says, why have you waited this long? Go do it. <laughs> so, you know, there's my last excuse. Well, I can't leave my family. I can't leave my husband, you know, and he's it's just like, go, go. Why have you waited this long? That sounds and- like Luke. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, those two, there's. I- beautiful together <laughs> they're so similar but I can totally see Nick being yes. like what the look like hurry up like so I meditated with the moon I wrote down the amount of this of the training how long I was going to be gone and why I wanted to do it and I spoke it out loud under the full moon you know which gave it that much more energy and that much more oomph behind it and just said this is my intention this is how much I need this is why I want to do this path um not only for myself but I felt like I was called I was called and drawn into that to really just um find that connection with humanity you know that still was an imprint of mine let's say of fully being able to step to and deeply connect with people um Mm -hmm. because of those old belief patterns um well needless to say that first month so many doorways, of course, began opening and there was the money at the end of the month for my registration, enough for my registration. And it scared the crap out of me. <laughs> it literally did. I didn't even meditate that next full moon. I just like when I counted that money, I was like, oh, I hope I didn't do something bad. I hope I didn't do something wrong. <laughs> That's what it felt like, though. You know, just maybe, you know, that self-worth aspect or whatever. Oh, that yeah. Was. Yeah, whatever money beliefs came up that you had in your programming. Yeah, I get it. I literally was like, oh, okay, I don't know if I can do that again. But of course, I paid the registration because I, I know how to, I, I've trained with that focus, you know, and dedication just through marathons, CrossFit. Yep. So 
do the same thing with spiritual training, right? And so I I paid and and made a commitment and I was able to go away for my shamanic training. And this was right, right when COVID hit, when I was in training. <laughs> when I was in training, the world started getting shut down. Oh my and gosh. So I was already very deep into the training. I think we were there for two weeks already and having the discussions on um whether we were going to have to go home. And anyways, that's, that's a other, whole other story, but that amazing. Cause I, it was like a remembering, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I got to really meet some amazing people from all over the world, but was initiated into so many of the ancient teachings um, from the Andes. And oh, that's so cool. I just felt like a, a recall, like, Oh, and it gave me structure and definition to being able to navigate those energetic realms where mm. I recognized how um, um, unstable it felt to me. I didn't know how to navigate it. You know, I'd never had uh, structured training based on that, I had structured physical training, you know, and now we're kind of and structured mental training. And now we're um, going to the spiritual. And I needed that to be able to navigate um, those those many realms. Um, And then when I got home, you know, I still had that focus and didn't want to think about that chatter in the head, you know, because I had been working on that quite a bit with meditation and knew that that's just, it's still talk about what it believes because it wants to stay safe. Of course. Good old ego. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like, remember you think this way. So that's how you're safe because we proved it before. So you better come back here. And so I just learned to just let that be and, you know, let it be in the back of the head, my head, but keep my focus forward. And when I decided to open up my practice, it was very quick after I came back, you know, from, from my training, finished out my training completely. And when I opened up my office space in Hurricane, the um, the money aspect, you know, of course, was there. And I knew that I knew how energy worked and I knew that I'm going to attract this in. And the energy of money wasn't in the most healthy way for me. So I paid a year in advance for my office space for rent. Smart because woman. I, I, that felt like a commitment to me um, to say, OK, universe, I'm I'm all in and that was important for me to not have to focus on the energy of money. And so that I could surrender into how this flow becomes. <laughs> so um, that opened it up and, and, you know, I, I'm on two years now and the flow has been amazing. I also um, decided to keep my energy practice open as far as a donation, you know, so kind of more of a sliding scale so that regardless where anybody is at on their journey or their, their healing space that they have access to this kind of work. Um, so I can, I was continuing plant medicine all along the way, my kids, I magically watched them go from some intense experiences. And I knew not to try to teach my kids anymore because duh, I already, you know, kind of proved, I didn't really know what I was doing all along. <laughs> And here I am, you know, now at the, you know, end of that marriage, um, creating a new life. I just needed to be an example from there forward. And it's amazing to be able to see in true real life that when we change ourselves and we focus on our healing and we create and find balance in our existence, very naturally, those that are connected to us 
and that are ready fallen uh, are influenced by that energetic shift that we radiate from our being because both my daughters were in um abusive relationships during that time as well and as i was doing my healing you know and and nick and i resonated so well because of our healing you know work our personal healing journeys i watched my girls very naturally start doing some more inward reflection and they both are with beautiful people who are balanced and adore them and treat them as as we all should be treated as any human being should be treated so really that's um there's so many other aspects i guess that that begin to to unfold you know and and many other ways that i feel like i'm I'm, you know, even though here I am as a, as a psychedelic coach, here I am as an energy work practitioner or as this, um, a coordinator, spiritual coordinator, whatever it is, whatever those titles are, whatever, they all play within the same, um, sphere. They play within the same ball of energy, really. And I think that's where I have found me Mm -hmm. where my heart resides and that's in service right now to humanity service to people um the other day I saw I saw myself as I saw this flower and I saw me standing just in the middle like as that middle right there in the flower and all these petals were these titles let's say you know these pathways and I was just standing there in the middle and I was all of those petals all at the same time and that was the only way that I could explain how all of this was occurring without really much thought Mm -hmm. it just was it suddenly like opened up and blossomed um you know and the work continues I, I we're not ever done but one thing I've learned from this journey though is that we can heal in this lifetime Mm-hmm. We can heal that. We can absolutely heal now because nothing in my life now is any sort of reflection of what it was previously. I mean, this is just like a um, you know, an opposite effect of how I'm living the second half of my life right now. So oh, 100 percent And I think that's the big part that a lot of people need to realize is that once you heal it you don't have to keep living the story. Cause like you said, it's just words. It's done and over with. It literally is in the past. Leave it there where it is. <laughs> and the fact that stepping into this person you are now, like stepping into your higher self literally and doing all that work is such a better flow of life for you because you're living in alignment. Yeah. You know, an important thing that I had to recognize though about that, that first half is so I have to honor it. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, I even honor who my, my former was during that time, because if he hadn't chosen that soul path for himself, even though it was a darker one, if he hadn't chose that, I wouldn't have learned my most valuable lessons and be where I am today. hundred so percent. Truly. am so grateful for in some ways I've, I've seen it as a soul sacrifice, you know, mm-hmm. like he still has that opportunity to, to, to turn and make different choices on a path. But I really felt that there was quite a sacrifice um, for one to go into such dark places in, in their lifetime. And, and I, and I honor him for that, that work, you know, that life experience that he chose because of what I was able to learn. 
And so that's what I want to, you know, I, I share with my kids quite often is he has taught us so much. Really. Right. No, that it wasn't a bad thing. It literally was an agreement you guys had before coming that yeah. this is what I need to learn. So this is what we get to experience. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love it. But it is, like I said, it's a beautiful story. And I love the fact that I've gotten to see your transformation over all these years. Like, that's what I think is so cool. Cause you know, you see yourself in pictures, but to actually physically see someone go through that whole transformation and just seeing your light and your energy and your aura now, it's, it's amazing because it's almost that you have this lightness about you. Like, cause it's funny. Cause even how old you are, you don't seem that to me. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's crazy is this year. I don't. I don't know why this occurred, but um, speaking of as uh, as old as I am, you know, <laughs> I am. I actually um, went through menopause just like that. Um, really? Yeah, and you know, didn't go through like this long process, this long you know ten year process, and so it, it was really it was quite rattling actually because I am still young. You know, I'm coming on. I'll be forty seven and here in a couple months and. And that's, that's very, that's still very quite young, but I started reflecting on, you know, how did the indigenous, you know, or ancestors go through this process and, and recognizing that that was never actually a condition. It, it wasn't a condition. It was kind of just a very natural thing. And, and I remember in meditation, um, just feeling this understanding in this concept that with that process of menopause, let's say specifically you know, it, it can be pretty intense for a lot of people. And, um, but a lot of that is just intensifying what is already there and needs to be healed. Yeah. You know, with PMS, right. It's not because, you know, I, I'm not emotional because of PMS, like that time period, you know, even and, and with this perimenopause is offering us the ability to address and see what is there to heal. And and over here, you know, in the West, especially, you know, we tend to try to stay young. We trend, mm-hmm. tend to try to hold on to youth so much. So does that grasping and does that longing to stay youthful and stay young and vibrant um, actually prolong the experience over time instead of just surrendering and, and um, moving through that quickly? I don't know. But that's, you know, as I, I've done some research on on other countries and other places, you know, that go through menopause. Um, it's quote, menopause. quote, menopause. Yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's a process, but anyways, anyways, just want to share that. There's no, tip. it's so perfect <laughs> that you said that though, because I was just talking with my friend Lori and we were talking about even like pain in pregnancy. And I was telling her about the book that I was reading that I'm like, Oh, this is the same thing that I actually talked about that. Like, pain, like contractions and things like that actually are not real. What it is, is the pain that you're experiencing are things coming up for you to heal, to surrender to, because birthing a baby, pain is only something that you experience if there is harm coming to the body and birthing a baby is not harmful. So same thing, like you said, PMS, menopause, all those symptoms are things of like your body going, can we heal this now? Are you ready now? Like, can we, can we look at this? Yes. This morning I, I was having a headache. You know, this is stuff we can do all the time with the body is, is begin developing a relationship with it again. Cause if we think of, um, a relationship in terms of like a marriage, like what would happen if, if we didn't talk to each other, mm-hmm. any kind of relationship, you know, it would just kind of 
fizzle away. You know, you just would become disconnected. Mm-hmm. And the same thing is the relationship with this body that we get to inhabit here um, in this lifetime. Um, but this morning, you know, I, I had a headache. I mean, um, and yesterday I had spent a long time on the phone, like doing a lot of integration work with people and and running errands and stuff. And so I knew, you know, this first thing this morning, okay, today I've really got to take it easy. I've really got to be present. And the headache was coming on stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. And I recognized I was keeping very busy because, you know, I was excited to visit with you today. <laughs> I finally just stopped and and sat down and just began to meditate and, and looked at the headache, just literally looked at it and sat there with it and said, I see you. What is it you have to tell me right now? I'm here and I'm paying attention. And that just opened, you know, I could feel that space relax. I could Mm. feel my body. I started recognizing where the tension was being held within my body. And so I just sat there and started talking, you know, to the headache, talking to my body and just uh, calling myself out basically for recognizing that, yes, you, you, you shared with me this morning that I needed to take some time and really just focus just on me today. The house can wait until tomorrow. And you know, it took work and, but here I am now, I don't have a headache. And so I'm able to sit with you and thank you, ginger, you know, ginger on the temples and, (laughs) and some essential oils, but as well as that meditation and really being present, um, helped me to be able to move through and see you so clearly as I do. You're so beautiful. (laughs) But what a beautiful point though. How often are we disconnected from our bodies that we're so quick to hurry and Let's hurry and just numb out. Let's hurry and take the pain away with something that disconnects us and separates us because, yeah, we have that power to connect, but yet we're so programmed to, oh, it's always outside of us. It's always outside of us to take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, you doing the plant medicine and doing all the healing stuff, work, the work that you do now, like what are some of the things that you've noticed in that transformational period with working with clients that have actually gone from one spectrum to the other in their healing journey, utilizing this? You know, it has the ability to really, to really crack you open, to really crack you open. And, and there's a lot of, of plant medicine happening, you know, right now, people really being called in and, and stepping in and doing this work. Um, and it, it's important to make sure that that each person has education along the way and somebody for support because we're losing a piece through this of the integration, the integral support from after the experience. So there's, you know, the beginning period where you're creating your intention or identifying why do I want to do this? And then there's, you know, getting right in it and having the the expansive experience and then it's coming out of it. And now what? You've got to take that and and figure a way to anchor it here in this reality in this world um to create permanent change from here forward mm-hmm. and otherwise it becomes just kind of a dream so i'm watching a lot of people navigate through that um specifically you know who are really learning to develop they might their consciousness might bring forward just this connection in this essence of self that they can't identify into words and are thinking, what am I, what am I supposed to do with this information? It could be as simple as listening to one of the songs that helps uh, bring that memory back within the body. So you can find that connection with that, with that source love, with what you experienced during that journey, um, playing that over and over again. But um, 
I've really watched a lot of amazing transformations with people through microdosing, um, through many different aspects of plant medicine. Um, so it's time, you know, we're in a renaissance right now of, of this coming forward. And it's going to be important for us to um, communicate about it properly, um, talk about ceremony and why that's so important, because there is such a sacredness to this medicine um, that we need to continue honoring. I feel like that's one thing we're so shunned and blocked here in the Western world where it comes to being able to do ceremonies and the rituals. And it's funny how like people aren't even openly able to talk about it and, you know, invite or even get into that space of like, no, this is actually a healing product. This is something natural. It's from mother earth. It's not something that's created in a lab. It's not going to, you know, (laughs) and like getting that across to people. Cause like you said, you came from this crazy world of like, no, this is a drug. I can't do that. You know, that programming that we're in living here, especially cause we're both in Utah and it's having that upbringing of like, well, this is something natural. This is something that's healing. It's not detrimental. It actually has a purpose when, like you said, it go, you go in with an intention, but I can only imagine that integration part because I've seen so many people that have not just done ceremonies, but have done other things. And like you said, they come out and you're like, you see this thing happen to them. And then all of a sudden you see them a few months later and it's like nothing ever happened. And you're like, wait, I thought you just went through this whole transformational thing. And then it's almost that they didn't fully integrate it to have it be something to propel them or make it a catalyst to their next self. Yeah, that's, that's happening quite a bit. Um, that was one of the reasons why I even stepped into the third wave program the coaching certification program because I was receiving a lot of people as clients that had experienced combo or had experienced ketamine and, um, and felt cracked wide open and didn't have any tools to understand how to move through that process. And it was happening so regularly. Um, then of course that program very naturally just showed up one day and I, it was an immediate, yes. Like, okay, that's, that's what we need. We need to learn integration and we need to learn like what, what this means. And, and so that I I'm really grateful for that program because it, it brought the conversations, you know, it really opened up that conversation and I'm not quite sure, you know, what I'm going to do with it yet with the community, as far as that, you know, because we still are in that process of, of, um, legalities and, and, having this be okay, you know, Mm -hmm. in our States and it will, it will get there. Like it's already happening throughout the country. And, and so these conversations of, of what it can do for us are what is going to help that consciousness to connect and awaken to the possibility, you know, instead of the judgment of it being uh, such a harmful substance, you know, and I find it fascinating because I feel like this is where it's so important that people actually are guided and go with the right group, the right person, the right community when it comes to this, because I do feel like, like you said, we're in a renaissance and not that it's becoming like a fad to go do plant medicine and do these ceremonies and things like that, but it is becoming more popular because people are waking up. But I also find it to be something that like, yes, you need to do your research. You need to make sure you are going with the right shaman, you know, and making sure that you're going to the ceremony that is sacred, that they're not just being, um, I don't want to say abusive, but not 
Yeah. Because like you said, you are being cracked open. Cause I had a friend share, you know, about her experience about one girl that was not like what it, she didn't follow protocol during the ceremony and obviously had an attachment during it. So it's like, okay. yeah, you have to be <laughs> smart about what's going on. It's not just something like, I'm going to go try this. Yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's that aspect of it. Yes. That is very important because you want to make sure that you are with trustworthy people or that, mm-hmm. you know, um, what are others experiences? And so definitely doing your research, um, but also being able to, have responsibility that if there is a, let's say what we would call a negative experience, Mm -hmm. we actually called that in ourselves. So there is a reason that you, you opened that up in your life, let's say, Mm -hmm. because you had an affinity to that frequency, to that, to that energy. And so um, as making sure, you know, all your bases are covered as far as navigating, you know, the, the safety and ethics and, um, and so forth, but being willing to just accept responsibility that this experience is what I actually created. Now, why did I create it? Mm. What is there for me to learn? What, what information is there within me that called this in? That's a good point. So own that, you know, mm-hmm. I don't believe that there are bad journeys, you know, or bad trips. It's just <laughs> a more challenging experience. It can be more challenging or it can be very, very light. And they're equally um, worthy of reflection and and honoring as well. Yeah. So you have to share a little bit more, like you said, with what you're doing now, since like you said, the <laughs> you're part of this whole navigation of this renaissance that's occurring now with the community and everything that you're doing in this healing process. Because I do, I feel like so many people are starting to wake up rapidly (laughs) especially in the last two years like the medicine almost is begging within me like have these conversations have these we want to have a voice we want to have a voice we want to we let's have these conversations and so it is such a part of me you know that medicine mushroom in particular is just Mm -hmm. so near and dear to my heart they are just incredible beings here on this planet and and so I feel guided by them on a regular basis to to be a steward on the earth, um, Mm -hmm. a voice to, to kind of keep a watch in a way to make sure that they're honored and, and used in a respectful and sacred manner so that it can, they can be here again. They can be here like fully available for our consciousness as they belong. You know, Mm -hmm. that's our, that's our consciousness. That's our um, right to explore what, that consciousness is for ourselves, and recognize what it is we want to create in our life. And it's such an amazing pathway. I, I mean, mushrooms in general are just fascinating to me, especially for the fact is, is like we were watching this one thing and they were talking about how we're more aligned and more like um, a fungi mushrooms than anything else on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. If you think about, um, you know, the way mycelium looks in general, mm-hmm. you know, and um, how it spreads across the surface of the earth. Whenever I'm um, experiencing or even connecting and feeling mushroom, that's how I see our brain. You know, I see our brain as um, just this big ball of mycelium mm-hmm. and it's all networks communicating. Oh yeah. All connected. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. It's so incredible, you know, and it's like medicine to help 
support that network. It's um, it's technology, really. You know, mushroom is a psychedelic technology, and it needs to. We we it's a skill to develop. You know, just like we use this technology here in front mm-hmm. of us. It's a natural technology that is important for us to uh, um, to be careful with. You know, be careful with and and to really respect because yeah. it has the power. I can only imagine. Well, and I love too that mushrooms are becoming more mainstream. Like even just like mud water and like even like cacao elixirs where they're having like the reishi, turkey tail, lion's mane, you know, because it is so, like you said, it's connecting all those neurons, everything in the brain. And your focus is so much better because I know when I drink that stuff, like we even took a product called Qualia for a little while. And I remember taking it the first time and because Luke was like, you saw that stuff and I took it and I remember putting music on and I was like, oh my gosh, the song has never hit the way it is hit right now. It was so <laughs> funny. And Luke was just laughing because like, he's like, that's how it is for me all the time, you know, because he's just, he's very in tune with music. But for some reason, it was just a song. It had no words. And I just remember being like, I was in such a good, calm mood that I was like, man, is this, is this what you're talking about? Is this how you feel all the time? I'm like, I feel amazing. Like, <laughs> they were dancing with you yes yes it was beautiful but I'm like oh I get it now I'm like this is what everyone's talking about well and having that that focus and um not having to need that stimulation from caffeine and like all these other things that almost take away versus having it be supportive yep yep yeah they really open up that flow you know and that movement and just it just, just the way it communicates with the the trees, you know, and the other plants throughout the land, like, and putting that in your body helps everything to connect in the same way and communicate with one another, you know, where something you might've just not had that little thread that decides to meet up together. When you're listening to music, you're just kind of over here in the chatter. And then suddenly that volume gets turned up a little bit, you know, of that connection. You're like, Oh, Whoa, I can feel those languages that the movement of that frequency and you see the colors and I mean geez even on a microdosing level you know it's not like the truth are going to talk to you or anything or you know the colors are going to talk to you but you feel this this um openness occur within self or you begin to recognize the flow and the communications happening through the body and through your external world as well and you know, and that's not, that's not, I'm not saying that like every single one of those experiences, even with microdosing is going to be like that smooth and easy because microdosing very much has the ability to amplify um, the anxiety, let's say it can mm-hmm. amplify that that needs to be paid attention to. Mm-hmm. So you could try a microdosing one day and suddenly feel more anxious than usual. And that's where it's important to slow down and begin to notice in your environment what's going on around me of why I feel anxiety. What is my mind doing right now that is creating this anxiety and recognizing that it's actually us that is creating these experiences that we are having. Mm-hmm. Mushroom just has the ability to amplify again, um, that, that we need to address mm-hmm. or witness. Oh, I love it. Well, and so someone that would be new to this whole world and stuff, because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people like, what is she talking about? So like, what are all the different plant medicines and different things that you work with besides like, obviously we've talked about mushrooms and like ayahuasca. I mean, those are like, 
the extreme part and then you have, you know, mushrooms and stuff. So what are some other things that you've utilized in your practices and working with people? Um, food really. Um, I, I, you know, if I, I've learned myself very deeply that, you know, at one time in my life, I was very focused on the physical and that's all that existed and really focusing on that deeply. And, and then aspects of my life where it was very much in my head and just focusing on the thoughts and the, and what was going on in the chatter in my brain. And, and then times where it's only focusing on the spiritual and just being in the spiritual realm. And I recognize incredibly how we need to have a balance in all of those systems. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm working with people, just with my energy practice, I'm not just focusing on the, the spirituality. Um, a lot of it comes down to what's going on within the body. You know, what, what food is it is being introduced? What, um, um, toxins, you know, are they exposed to on a regular basis? And so I'll guide people through um, a cleansing process, you know, at one point and, and talk about growing a new body and how we can really do that in our lifetime, just really turn over ourselves, turn over our organs and create a new body. Um, so food in general, but then all the herbs, you know, um, and, and medicines, I, I make my own medicines on a regular basis. So, you know, I raise bees and um, was able to make propolis this year, propolis tincture, um, which is amazing just for, you know, especially as cold, you know, COVID season is here and stuff and just being able, cold season, flu season, being wow. able to just wipe that out really quick just with bee medicine. Mm -hmm. So all sorts of herbs. I have my own apothecary and everything that, um, you know, food is medicine as well too. So literally I know. And at least with food, I feel like that's one of the most simplest forms to start healing. Like it's, yeah. it's a simple thing that you can dive into not, to not feel so overwhelmed, especially when you're taking it in small yeah. steps in the healing process. Cause I feel like sometimes people want to jump cannonball in and then they seem overwhelmed with it, but really, I mean, you've got to eat every day. So, yeah. So let, you know, the cravings though can come from, you know, the, uh, that deeper, um, trauma, that deeper imprint, you know, just of wanting to, uh, needing to stay very quick, you know, mm -hmm. so I can stay in this fight or flight because that's the programming that I have deep within. And so then we'll have cravings for the sugar and the carbs and, and find those fast digesting processing foods so that we can stay in this, um, sympathetic system. And, um, really talking to people about slowing that down, decoupling that fight or flight system, um, bringing the body back into to that slow digesting, slow processing place where then our perception slows down and we're at, at, you know, able to take in the information that is really actually out there, not that what our thoughts are having us believe that are out there. And, and staying in fight or flight. So food, mm -hmm. so important. So I do a lot of that food and herbs and, and um, uh, just ri ritual and ceremony practices, you know, regularly. That's one of my biggest things that I'm connected to with my clients is, um, is you know, ritual and ceremony are proven to change our psyche, mm -hmm. bring us from one place into another. And we've forgotten how to utilize that as well, too. So, um, 
I know that's so true too, because I feel like when people post about even like, even when I put my stuff out for like a full moon or a new moon, like even my crystals and like other things like that, if I'm doing like, you know, a burning to get released anything. And it's so funny because anytime I've ever shared about it, everyone's like, wait, what are you doing? Or what's that? Like, it's so funny <laughs> how some people almost find it taboo. But those of us that are like, no, like once you do it, it's so addicting because it's almost like it's calling you back to what you've known. Yeah for yeah. it to be true. So I can only imagine what, what ceremonies and rituals you've been up to. Yeah. Yep. Just read. I mean, they, they can, they can even take like two to five minutes at a time to really bring the mind and the body and the spirit into alignment to have that focus just for one moment of what it is you want to create before you go out into the busy world. So there's always room for ceremony. There's always room for rituals. So, um, because we're all on different timelines. Mm-hmm. We're all on different timelines. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Well, and it's just like what you said earlier, like we're never fully healed. Like I think about the transition I'm in right now of just having kids that I'm like, oh my gosh, now I've got all this other stuff to heal now. Yeah. <laughs> like it's never done, but because you're constantly evolving in these different phases that I'm like right there in that same thing, just like with everything you're talking, I'm like, well, shit, now I've got to go schedule a session with Kim because... <laughs> it's amazing though look what you're doing you are raising your children though very aware of what's happening in your mind Mm -hmm. do you see how that is changing this next generation very automatically because you're doing the work the children are watching you do the work you're having different conversations instead of um raising your children based on what you've been taught previously Mm -hmm. or you know doing doing like wanting to live differently and understanding differently but when you get triggered by the children, you automatically go back to default, which is what our parents taught taught us. So you're actively doing the work mm-hmm. and you're already changing the evolution of consciousness through your children, by your children watching the work. Oh, yeah. that now. You know, well, I was very unconscious during that time when I yeah. was raising children. So it's, you know, when I was raising them at the very, very young, young age, it was just kind of an attic, you know, default mode of survival. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's been the biggest thing for Luke and I, because I always express like my gratitude for Luke. Cause same thing, like both of us came together during our healing journey. And we also did a lot of healing together even before we got married and even continue that right now. And that's what I was sharing with my one friend. I was like, I almost feel like we always like, okay, I'll be the anchor for a little bit. You go on your spiritual journey and then we'll vice versa and stuff. But I noticed that ever since, you know, the kids have come into play, it's like, oh shit, we've got new things to heal because we've noticed our parents shit, our upbringing has come up for us that we're like, we don't want to do it that way. Like we want to consciously do it differently because I'll tell you what, like, the kids that are coming in now are so much further ahead than we are. Like, it's so crazy. Like, especially seeing Hendrix and Stella, I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) Yeah. They're already evolved. So evolved. So evolved. Like it's amazing. I feel like I even just Hendrix cause he'll turn three this month. And I'm like, I feel like I have done more healing and learning with having even just him and what, cause his, he has so many, I mean, everybody has spiritual gifts, but I know for him with one of my friends, because she can see with everything on the other side and she's like, he can still see. And I'm like, yes, I know he can, but she goes, no, no, no. She goes, most kids at two years old will shut it down. You know, they'll, they'll walk it out or push it away. She goes, he can still see like, 
So she's like, you need to make sure you're, you know, keeping your house cleared. Like if anybody has attachments, make sure you're doing cast outs. She goes, cause like there was a time when he was, we moved back to Utah and we had just gotten a place and it was a brand new place. Didn't think nothing of it, you know, but when we'd put him in his room for bedtime and he would just scream, but he kept covering his ears. And I, I didn't think nothing of it. I mean, I knew that he was very intuitive and things like that. Um, but when I had this conversation with my friend, she's like, no, she's like, he's got, because they know he can see and hear they're chattering nonstop. And because he doesn't know how to control it, that's why he would cry and cover his ears because he couldn't get them to shut up. And I was like, oh, I, my mom heart, I felt so bad. I was like, oh my gosh. So I like, I made sure I went and got my selenite, gridded the whole place, like did my cast outs because with us being in a, like a complex right now, I had to make sure and block all the energies above all around. I'm like, oh my goodness. But yeah, like for that example, the kids are just so in tune and like you said, so much further. And it's a a different uh, generation now, you know, I mean, even as you as a parent to being awake and aware and not fearful of it to support that to mm-hmm. have those conversations with them you know we were taught that oh that doesn't exist yeah that's that's just your imagination yeah that's just, you know or to be fearful ultimately of anything that wasn't right here in front of our face you know just mm-hmm. through that kind of conditioning and so um it's time it's time to really you know we're waking up to what is really there um waking up, but then having to have more questions about what our reality really is. I think we're all meant to challenge um, those wound up beliefs within us. You know, um, sometimes like you might find with your child, you know, as he continues, you know, to navigate through his own gifts and finds areas in his life that like are quite triggering or, or he's very scared to be willing to like begin to question, not that it's him necessarily, or what information is there within him that is connected to you or Luke? Mm -hmm. What is he offering, you know, to, to, for further examination, you know, on, on what needs to be healed? Cause he just becomes an expression of what you two carry within yourselves, you know, and that's how you continue that process of unwinding those beliefs or even your son, you know, these beliefs of what is fearful or, or what is right and what is wrong. And mm-hmm. I we're meant to question every bit of that instead of just listen to what we told, you know, Oh, <laughs> And that's going to be so fascinating for you too, of like being in the culture that we're in and stuff. And like you said, with being kind of, um, the group that you're connecting with now being kind of over Utah and stuff, like you said, holding that space of like the collective people healing and coming out of that space of like, what, what now, like, where do we go from here? What's the part of the healing process and stuff. That's got to be so fascinating on your part to be able to hold that space. It's, you know, I don't even know if I recognize an emotion with it because it just feels like such a, like, um, it's just so natural, you know, to kind mm-hmm. of step into that space and just um, ultimately it just is a disconnect of self because any kind of a teaching or any kind of a um, something we follow, you know, or a disciple of this or this, like, is is a lot of the time, it's really just words what we've been taught generation after generation after generation. And so 
we're very used to being up here in our mind all the time of always um, um, connecting to stories, you know, mm -hmm. well, I, this is what I've read and studied my whole life. So this is what is true. Um, and when we are in like a situation that we are right now, you know, where we're being broke apart, we're being mm -hmm. challenged, you know, with what our um, heart calls to us, what our soul is calling to us. And there's a lot of people who are going through some spiritual crisis mm -hmm. and um, through that process though, is how we connect with what God ultimately is, you know, what our, what our soul and our I am self ultimately is. And so um, fascinating. Yes. But it, it like, it also feels just so um, natural, like mm -hmm. kind of a um, matter of fact that yeah, this, this, it's time, you know, mm -hmm. we're moving into a transition of heart and recognizing that we are energy, that we are more light um, than we are to physical matter. Right. Know? And that goes along with the stories, you know, the, the books, the things that we have been told to be throughout our entire life is now transitioning into that wisdom of knowing where we're connected and where we belong, mm -hmm. what God is. And, and then we each find our own beliefs, you know? Right. It has been fascinating, but I know, again, like I said, with my previous marriage, I really honor um, the religious teachings that I had throughout, throughout my childhood. I think it's important that as we navigate those areas that, that we remind others to find what did you learn during that time? Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who are bitter and angry against some of their past beliefs. And really that's just a reflection at times of being angry itself for, mm -hmm. for like, let's say feeling like I, um, I was lied to, you know, it, really it's us not being able to pay attention to what our heart and soul is guiding us and telling us, um, you know, whatever that, that looks like, it's important to really hold that space for one another as everyone navigates through um, these um, stories and these old belief systems that we choose aren't, aren't resonating with us for any longer. I think what? you nailed it on the head perfectly, though. It's just like, <laughs> like, it's just like what you said with your spouse, though. It's like going through those whole experiences, you honor what it was and what it taught you and the experience that it was for you. Yep. Yep. And um, just with your work and your healing process and stuff, like what were some profound moments that you were like, oh, my gosh, like those moments that you remember it being very like transformative for you. Cause I know you've gone through tons of different experiences, especially with where you're at now and what you're doing with your work, but like any pivotal moments that you were just like, Oh my gosh, was it, there are certain ceremonies, just even just certain times of just being with yourself that, you know, something that really resonated with you. Well, um, my personal practices are really important to me, um, in particular floating. Um, in a float chamber, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, I've been dying to go with Luke because I know they do couples at the True North float here. I'm like, we need to go do date night. Yes, there are I, I, my own personal float now. That's how incredibly Ooh. important it was. So I, I bought my own float because I, I've been floating for like six years now. And, you know, it, 
I could only float like once a month, you know, or twice a month before and was putting this money, you know, into that until I recognized I'm going to float the rest of my life. So figuring out that money thing, you know, and how important this was to me. But so now I float, you know, on a weekly basis. But I think those are um, really transformative still each experience because I I always create an intention before I go in to float Mm. and get into that deep space and, and information will come to me through like just images and like artwork almost like um, concepts, you know, but a way that I can draw it out, but I, it's hard to put words in. So those reflecting back on some of that, some of that artwork of the experience of how we're all connected and how this whole system works, you know, and our souls and our past lives or our ancestors. And I think that has, you know, been such a, a deep, I can't help but just find this deep sense of gratitude, you know, in that experience of remembrance, let's say, and that information is always there. But um, also just my regular work with my incredible clients, because the people that, that I have come in, you know, they're they're doing their own work. They're doing their own work. And when I'm out here in just the regular world and stuff, and, you know, I'm just here, I get, you know, I, I get nervous. I get like scared and like, Oh, cause the brain is trying to understand and think how I'm doing this. But when I get into that sacred space, you know, just in my office, that space that I trust so much, everything just disappears. And I'm not even thinking until afterwards. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, again, recognizing that, like what just happened? How did this happen? You know, the brain just wants to, to understand. And, and so I think I experience that on a regular basis, just mm-hmm. doing this work, really just living in that heart space and, and being willing to challenge myself a little bit by being uncomfortable and like, I don't know if I could do this. Do I really know how to do this? And then once I'm in that space, there's nothing else that exists. Mm-hmm. That is all that is, that is all that that's me. That's like everything. And, you know, and then I got to come back out in the world again. So, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that so true? Yeah. It's a fun practice to kind of like, feel. it's almost like going for a swim for a while, you know, mm-hmm. and then come back on shore and, and having to get dried off, you know, and yeah. find some kind of practice to ground again. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one that feels that way. Cause I feel like when you're tapped into this kind of community and even doing this kind of work as your work, there's so many times I'm like, did I get the right download? Was I, was I saying that right? Was, what, did I get the information right? Am I, am I, am I sure? Like, it's <laughs> funny how you question yourself with it. Cause you're like, sometimes it sounds a little crazy or it's like, what was that really what? okay, okay, I guess I'll go that direction. I guess we're going with that, you know? But yeah, and then you, when you are in the zone, it's funny because it just, it's so easy. It's such in flow. And like, that's the beauty of it. And it sucks too, because then when you have to like stop and get back to reality, you're like, damn it. Okay, yeah. I guess, guess we'll get on with the rest of the day. <laughs> you know, that I I remember always kind of being in that, you know, and, and having to navigate and feeling exhausted quite a bit, you know? trying to find that balance in the world and in, in spirit. And um, I think that's where like just my home has helped quite a bit. Cause I feel like that's just how I'm living now. I'm just living that, you know, I I'm in spirit on a regular basis, but I'm living in an earth home. Mm-hmm. I'm living in a grounding place, you know, and 
it just becomes my responsibility after that to just find my body again. And that's where float float tank helps, you know, or mm-hmm. just laying on the concrete floor, literally feeling that cold or something, but it's just a practice, you know, all we're, we're doing throughout this life is just flexing that spiritual muscle, you know, and it takes repetition and it takes practice over and over again. And I mean, if, several years ago, if I would have even if you would have told me or showed me this video, you know, seven years Pat previous, <laughs> previous no, <Kim. laughs> no, um, no. <laughs> so it's, it's just practicing lifting, you know, lifting that weight one repetition at a time. And before we know it, we're living our authentic selves, you know, mm-hmm. and free feeling so much freedom from, from what, where we were before. Yeah. I think that's where it can get overwhelming too. It's just like you said, it's literally a spiritual muscle that you have to do consistently because I feel like so many times I'm like, Oh, I need to, I need to meditate. I need to do this. I need to make sure and get this all in instead of like, okay, I've got five minutes to myself. I'm going to make sure I go take that five minutes, get grounded, take some time for myself and then integrate it as part of the day. It's, but I can, I get where a lot of people are like, oh, that's too much to do because they're thinking about it as all one lump <laughs> sum instead of like, yeah, take baby steps. You know, what's an, what's a practice, you know, I, this is so simple. So people are, I know there's people are very, very busy and, you know, have a whole list of things to do. Well, something as simple as if you're going into a store and, you know, and you tend to be more sensitive when you're around a lot of people, this is my practice. I'll just say what mine is <laughs> literally is if I walk through Costco or something, you know, and, and it's just a lot of people and I don't let that just sit or harbor in my brain or, or develop a belief that I'm, I'm sensitive. I'm picking up all this energy. As soon as I get in my car, I have a miniature rattle that I keep with me at all times. And I shake my entire field, toss it out the window and then get on with my day. So, you know, that, that could be just such a simple practice for anybody. Cause that sound, you know, I connected the rattle very close, very dearly. And just that sound breaks up that energy, breaks up those thoughts or whatever is there in my field so that I'm solid and present again. Mm. To- forward so because everyone gets bombarded so easily especially being around fa- you know family and friends but so easy to take on everybody else's shit yeah. <laughs> unless it's like no 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 prep yourself you don't have to like don't yeah. over exhaust yourself don't take on everybody else's crap like there are ways around it that you don't have to carry it well and to recognize though why am I triggered by like let's say a family member well if I'm triggered then I I want to recognize right away that this is information for me. Mm-hmm. This is for me then, you know, where is, am I being judgmental? Am are they triggering a deeper wound, you know, within myself that I really haven't wanted to look at, or are they reminding me, you know, of something that I do on a regular basis and I just don't like it. So <laughs> I just, they are triggering me right now. It all, all of it is opportunity. Every mm-hmm. single moment is an opportunity to reflect and find out what, how can we heal? How can I, how can I, um, show up authentic in the world from a place of love instead of from a place of, you know, judgment or, or rejection or, um, uh, denial of self or. Mm-hmm. I agree with that a hundred percent. All right, my dear. So. 
how can they connect with you? How can they find you? What are ways that if they want to work with you, how can they find you? Yeah, I have a website. It's www.embracedbygaia.com. And so embraced by Gaia, E-M-B-R-A-C-E-D by G-A-I.com. I've had some people, um, because I have that on my voicemail. And so I've had people call before and hear my website, but they cannot figure out how to spell Gaia. So (laughs) just a little support there. (laughs) It's perfect. (laughs) Embracegaia.com. And there's, you can book right now. You can read a little bit more about my work and, and what is, what it is I do. Um, I have an Instagram Gaia's underscore embrace. Um, and so that's, that's the best ways to get a hold of me. You can text me, you can email me. Perfect. I love it. It'll be perfect for them. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the information that we were able to talk about today. Also, I would love if you could write me a review and a star rating that fills in alignment with the information that you received today. I also would love if you can share this on your social media and be sure to tag me in it as well. If you'd like to work with me, you can check out my website at FeliciaMing.com as well as following me on Instagram at Felicia.Ming. And of course, I'm always up for feedback as well as if you have any other topic ideas that you'd like me to share on or if you simply have any questions, feel free to slide right into my DMs. Again, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today and I hope you have a great rest of the day.